The following podcast is from Tabernacle Baptist Church in Cartersville, Georgia. Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all, if you have a copy of God's Word with you, and I hope you do, find your place in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and today we're talking about a blind man named Bartimaeus who met Jesus, and Jesus healed him. Bartimaeus, Mark chapter 10, and we're going to look at this story in verses 46 through 52. And this morning I'm preaching on the subject, the most important type of freedom. freedom. The most important type of freedom. Now, this is July 4th weekend, and we're celebrating 4th of July, July 4th, or Independence Day. And we know that this is a holiday where we celebrate our freedom as a country, our freedom that we enjoy in the United States. It was July 2nd, 1776, when Congress, the Continental Congress here in the United States, uh, voted to declare ourselves free. And two days later announced that through the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And we're thankful for our freedom as a country. I can remember growing up, I had a grandfather who served during World War II, and he would often tell me when I was a young boy, hey, be thankful that you live, Patrick, in a free country. I didn't understand what that meant at the time. He would speak of freedom, and I didn't really grasp what all was involved with that. It wasn't until later when I traveled to other countries, and I saw Christians who couldn't worship in public, Christians who couldn't tell others about their faith because of the government. It wasn't until I traveled and saw other countries where there were people who couldn't choose how they wanted to live and choose their school or choose their job. It wasn't until then that I appreciated that we live in a free country. And boys and girls, never forget that. Realize this morning we get to worship in here and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be ashamed because we live in a free country. And realize in America you have this great joy that you can in many ways choose where you want to go to school and choose a career path. You have freedom. Aren't we thankful for America this morning and the freedom we have in our country? And that freedom is really important, but I'm reminded this morning of a more important type of freedom, the most important type of freedom of all, And that is the spiritual freedom we can have in Christ Jesus. We know this even as we look at our nation. You can have freedom from government in a sense or cruel government in a sense. But if you don't have the spiritual freedom you need, you won't really enjoy that other type of freedom as you should. The most important type of freedom is our spiritual freedom in Christ. Now this morning we're going to look at a guy named Bartimaeus. Everybody say that name, Bartimaeus. Everybody say Bartimaeus three times real fast. If you can't say Bartimaeus, just say Bart. Everybody say Bart. Everybody say hi, Bart. All right, we're going to learn about Bart or Bartimaeus this morning. And Bartimaeus was blind. Now that's a big deal if you can't see where you're going you can't see, you're going to have a hard time doing small things like walking, even feeding yourself, then you're going to have a hard time doing big things like working and have a job and having a family. 
In Jesus' day, it was even worse if you were blind. Because if you were blind, there were no uh, helps in society for disabled people. And so you had to beg for a living. Now, we all know what it's like, perhaps, to be in a major city or on the road and we see someone begging for food or they're holding a sign and asking for money. The first century world in Jesus' day, there were a lot more beggars than there are now. There were a lot more blind people than there are now. There's an old historian, a guy who wrote books about what the world was like during Jesus' day. He lived during Jesus' day. He wasn't a Christian, but he he wrote about how much blindness there was and He talked about his travels into a certain city, and he said, when I traveled to that town, it was like half the town was blind. They had so many blind people. Now, why is that? During Jesus' day, boys and girls, there wasn't the medicine or the doctors that we have today. There weren't surgeries or procedures to repair eyes. If you injured your eyes, that was it. You were blind. If you got cataracts, has anybody heard of cataracts before? Anybody had cataracts and want to give a word of witness this morning? You don't have to do that. Sorry. All right. If you had cataracts, that's it. Your, your, here, your, your vision, excuse me, is going to be impaired. In Jesus' day also, there were a lot of infections that came from poor hygiene. They didn't have all this hand sanitizer we're using today, Right? There was that problem as well. Also, in the ancient Near East where Jesus lived, there were common eye problems that many people had because of all of the dust in the air. So there were a lot of blind people. And there's this blind man named Bart. Everybody say Bart. And he needs help. His life is miserable. His life is horrible. He's blind. He can't see. To even live and have food, he has to sleep on the side of the road and beg for crumbs of bread. He's not able to have a family and engage in family life or have close friends. His life is all about just surviving. He doesn't have nice clothes like we wear today. He wears rags. He doesn't have the opportunity to sleep in a nice house that's dry. He's outside, and whenever it's hot, he's hot. Whenever it rains, he's wet. Whenever it's cold, he's cold. And he's always dirty, not able to bathe. And worse yet, when people see him, they think, Bartimaeus, Bart, you're so dirty and smelly. And always begging for something. And Bartimaeus' life is horrible. And he needs help. He needs hope. And luckily one day, by God's grace, not necessarily luck, by God's grace, he meets Jesus. And Jesus heals him and gives him freedom. And listen this morning, Bartimaeus is an example for all of us. See, some of us this morning feel bad about ourselves. We have a lot of hurt and pain in our lives. Maybe there's some here this morning, you have a lot of worry or a lot of fear. Guess what? Just as Jesus healed Bartimaeus, he can heal you emotionally and spiritually. He can give you freedom in your mind and in your heart. This morning, there's many people living in guilt or shame because of some mistake in the past or because of how someone treated you or made fun of you or names you were called or 
ways in which you were abused and you feel like a prisoner to those names or that old life. And listen to the word of God that has been kept for you. Listen to what Jesus wants to say to you this morning. You can have freedom. You can experience his love and his forgiveness, his release. Some people this morning here that perhaps don't feel like they have much purpose in life. They don't have much direction. Life seems boring at best. Life seems dull. And life seems meaningless at worst. Maybe you feel like Bartimaeus. You're just dirty and on the side of the road with no hope. Now I want you to see why the Bible has this story for us. God wants you to know that you can have freedom and purpose and direction in life through Jesus. You are alive for a reason. God loves you and you matter and he has a plan for your life. Let's look at Bartimaeus this morning in this story. And let's consider the most important type of freedom we have. When we look at the story of Bartimaeus, we see that there are three actions or three, three things we can do to experience the freedom he experienced. Follow along here in your little listening outline in the program and take note of three different actions we can take. Do you want to be free in Jesus? Do you want to have his joy, his purpose, his happiness, his peace this morning? Consider these three actions. Number one, don't settle for a small Jesus. Don't settle for a small Jesus. Jesus. Look at the story, boys and girls, in verse number 46. It says, they came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a large crowd. It's a very important time of the year. It's a holiday season. Many people are traveling to the capital city of Jerusalem to take over the Passover, take of the Passover meal. Thousands of people are on this road that leads to Jerusalem. And Bartimaeus is on the side of the road begging. The Bible says, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. Everybody just close your eyes and try to imagine blind Bartimaeus and see his dirty clothes and his dirty body, see his messy hair, see his skinny, gaunt body, bones sticking out. He needs food and he's begging. See the desperation, see his bare feet because he doesn't have shoes and see the hurt and the pain. See the eyes that can't see. And now open back your eyes and realize that this man, Bartimaeus, needed help. And verse number 47 says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So imagine Bartimaeus. At best, he can see little fuzzy images of people, but he can't see clearly. At worst, all he sees is pitch black because of his blind eyes. And he hears feet moving in the dirt. He hears crowds shuffling. He hears animals that are carrying loads of food for people. He hears little children playing as their families are traveling. He hears conversations. He can't see, but he can hear the words people are saying. And all of a sudden, he begins to hear one name over and over and over again. He hears the name Jesus. He had heard this name before because Jesus was popular throughout the region. 
His reputation had spread throughout Judea. He was known to heal people, to make people to walk, to make people see again. It was even rumored that he had brought dead people back to life. And Bartimaeus, who often went without food, particularly loved the story of how Jesus had taken just a few pieces of bread. You remember the story? And a couple pieces of fish and fed 5,000 men and nearly 20,000 people at one time. And Bartimaeus knew as he heard people talking about Jesus, he knew that Jesus was near. He must be traveling on this very road. And Bartimaeus realized that there was perhaps hope for him. Though he was blind and poor and had a horrible life, maybe this Jesus could help him. So what happened? The Bible says he began to cry out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, notice, kids, that word cry. Now, when you think of the word cry, what do you think of? I think of... (laughs) That's not what the word means. The word here, cry, means to shout. Now, what do you think about when you think of shouting? couple of you just woke up well it really wasn't a shout like that it was more like Jesus son of David have mercy on me I'm blind help me Bartimaeus is screaming for Jesus help and notice what he thinks about Jesus knows notice how he looks toward to Jesus he sees Jesus as being his only hope of help And he uses this name of Jesus. He calls him son of David. That's an official title that regards Jesus as being the promised Messiah, God's son. It's a title from Isaiah 29, 18, Isaiah 32, 3, and Isaiah 35, 5. Bartimaeus here is using a Bible title for Jesus. Showing that he thinks Jesus is not just a good guy, a good teacher, a powerful miracle worker, a rabbi, or a good example. No, Bartimaeus is using a Bible title for Jesus, showing that his heart and mind believes Jesus is God and that Jesus can help him. Now get the point for us this morning. Do you want help from Jesus? Do you want hope from Jesus? Do you need his power to change something in your life? Do you need him to help you overcome a sin or a bad attitude? Do you need him to help your heart forgive and forget? Get this, in order to experience your freedom, you've got to have a big view of Jesus. You've got to see him as being the God who can help you. You can't have this little view of Jesus. I remember growing up, one of my favorite things to do was to go to my grandparents' house. And my grandmother, one reason I like to go to my grandparents' house is she always had really good food. If I just said, I want McDonald's, we'd go to McDonald's. That was awesome. She would make ravioli, Chef Boyardee. I thought that was awesome. Macaroni and cheese. 
One of my favorite things she would make at times was Kool-Aid. And my favorite was grape Kool-Aid. How many of y'all like Kool-Aid? How many of y'all want to have a moment of silence for Kool-Aid this morning in church? I loved Kool-Aid. Now this morning, I want us to focus on this Kool-Aid for just a minute because I want to talk to you about the importance of having a big view of Jesus. Now I'm going to ask a few uh, different kids to come forward um, to, to help me with an object lesson, and I had the list of names. Miss Rebecca gave it to me, and I've lost it, all right? Okay, here we go. Thank you. Okay, so we have Jackson Whitfield. I'm going to ask him to come up here. We have Addison. How do you say that last name? Lovering. Levi Meadows, Ellie Kate Jones, Finley Hodge, and Reese Harbin. You all come stand on the stage with me. Do you all want to drink some Kool-Aid this morning? All right, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I want some Kool-Aid. All right, do you like Kool-Aid? Okay, so um, to keep with the times, I will put on my gloves and serve Kool-Aid, all right? Do you all want to drink Kool-Aid in church on the stage? Now, it's just, you know, pack... For a year. So you are due. It is time to have some Kool-Aid. Long overdue. Get this kid some Kool-Aid. All right, here we go. So I'm going to set him up and knock him down here. How many we got? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. We're going to make some Kool-Aid. And um, I've got two more uh, cups there. That'll be for me and uh, Brother Don after church. All right, here we go. So let me make everybody a glass of Kool-Aid here. So this is what my grandmother would do. She would make some Kool-Aid. She would go into the kitchen, and she would come out with a pitcher like this. I thought, it's Kool-Aid time, yes. And uh, she'd have my great Kool-Aid. You know what I like to do sometimes, too, is I'd ask my grandma, and um, I, I would ask her to mix it, like to do grape, cherry, and strawberry. Have you all ever done that? Where you mix them all up, that's really good. So I, my favorite was grape. Here, y'all need a little bit more here. So, and then y'all come back next week. We're gonna have some grape drink, but it's gonna be grape juice, not Kool-Aid. So, that, and that's for the Lord's Supper. A little bit more sacred than this, but okay. So, all right. So here we go. We've got a cup for everybody. Sorry if I shortchanged anybody here. Do you think you can drink all that? Did I give y'all too much? Y'all gonna need a restroom break. Two hands, two hands, because we're on the stage. Y'all don't get Pastor Patrick in trouble by spilling any Kool-Aid on the stage. I'll never live it down, all right? The stain will be a memorial for Pastor Patrick. Hey, y'all start drinking. Drink up, all right? Okay, here we go. Is it good? Okay, so does anybody else want any Kool-Aid? Because I'll tell you what I can do if y'all want some more Kool-Aid. I can do what my grandmother used to do when I got most of the pitcher drunk she'd go back into the kitchen and does anybody want any more now do you all know what I did right there you don't want any more yeah I poured water in it you know what that did to it do you think that's going to taste the same why is that I watered it down that's right it's not going to taste the same. Y'all give these kids and boy, boys and girls a, a big hand. Thank you for all coming back. Y'all can go ahead right down here with Miss Rebecca, and she'll take your cup from you. Now, this morning, you saw what I did, right? I watered down the Kool-Aid. 
You know what's going on in our world and why many people are hurting, why many people are so confused? Do you know why the church right now is having such a hard time giving an answer to a lot of the problems in the world? We've watered down Jesus. We've got a little view, a small view of Jesus. We've turned our back on the gospel. We've diluted the word of God. We've quit placing our confidence into the anchor of Christ and the cross. We've failed to do what Bartimaeus did. We've failed to keep calling out to Jesus and believing that he's the son of God. Notice this this morning that this is how we cut ourselves off from the freedom of God many times. We water down our beliefs about Jesus. We make him just a good man out of many good men. We make him just a teacher out of a list of other teachers. We change the Bible to being just some opinions of men and we forget that he is Jesus Christ, son of David, the Messiah, the anointed one, 100% God, 100% man. Hear me this morning in your own personal life. When you start waffling on who Jesus is, you're inviting spiritual ruin. When you start placing your hope in what's being said on social media or all the self-help methods that are out there, you're cutting yourself off from the power of God. It's only a full-fledged faith in Jesus that will bring the power of the Holy Spirit into your life and bring change. It's only the unadulterated, non-watered-down truth of God's Word that will help you have his freedom. Know this, there is a creator God, and he is all wise. He knows all things. And he's made us for a forever relationship with himself. And he's created the terms by which that relationship works. And whenever we start to change that, or change Jesus, or change the Christian message, or to get weak, or to water it down, we're in trouble. And we are unknowingly preventing ourselves from experience experiencing real joy and freedom so we see this number one you want to experience freedom don't settle for a small Jesus number two I'm gonna put this right here and if I start to kick it over y'all say something all right okay number two uh, you need to be confident in what Jesus can do for you look at verse number 49 at how our story continues it says Jesus stopped and said, call him. Now, I love that phrase right there. I love that sentence. Notice this idea that Jesus stopped. Jesus paused. The, the word speaks of remaining or abiding or taking some time with a person. Now, now I, I want you to see the meaning here. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to fulfill his purpose in life, to die on the cross. He's on a dusty, busy road with thousands of pilgrims heading to Jerusalem for the Passover. But he has time to stop, to sit a while, to talk, and to help Bartimaeus. Know this this morning, whatever you're going through, no matter what your grief, no matter what your hurt, no matter how much you're confused with life right now, Jesus cares and he's willing to stop. He's willing to listen. He's willing to help you and to teach you. Don't believe the lies of Satan. God is love 
And Jesus this morning wants to heal your hurt and heal your heart. And Jesus stops. So they called the blind man and said to him, have courage. Get up. He's calling for you. He threw off his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Now when we think of a coat, we perhaps think of something we wear when it's cold outside, right? Now see some of our men with a sport coat on we may think of a sport coat or a winter coat nobody's really wearing a winter coat this morning right we think there's something wrong with you it's kind of hot outside but for Bartimaeus the coat really wasn't designed to help with the temperature the coat was something that a blind person or a beggar would use to sleep on I mean if you're living outside on the side of the road and you're a beggar you can't carry around a bed with you. What do you use? You'll use many times your coat. When you want to take a nap, you spread it in the filthy, dusty dirt, and you sleep on top of your coat. If you need a pillow, you might wad it up in a big ball and sleep on your coat. Notice here that Bartimaeus, when Jesus calls him to come to himself, Bartimaeus takes that coat and he throws it aside. Why? Because he knows, I don't need it anymore. I'm not going to be sleeping on this roadside anymore. I don't need to use it as a pillow. I'm about to be healed. Jesus is going to make me see. Jesus is going to change my life. And notice from Bartimaeus how confident he is. He believes in Jesus. He has a trust that Jesus has the power to heal him and restore him and change his life. Verse 51 says, Jesus answered him then, after he threw his coat to the side, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Now kids, do you think that's kind of strange that Jesus asked that question? I think it is. I think it's strange, first of all, because Jesus should have known, right? I mean, it's obvious. The guy's blind and he's poor. He's a beggar. Look at him. He's dirty. He's way too skinny because he doesn't get enough food. His eyes are messed up. I mean, he's going like this trying to find you. I mean, Jesus should have known. He's a blind guy. He's a beggar. He needs help. On top of that, think about Jesus. He knows all stuff, right? Is Jesus God? Is Jesus God? Yes. Does Jesus know all things? So why does he need to answer this question? Why does he need to ask this question? Get this very important truth. The question wasn't necessarily for Jesus. The question was for Bartimaeus. The Lord wanted Bartimaeus to have an opportunity to express his faith in Jesus and in God's Son. Jesus asked this question of Bartimaeus, to Bartimaeus so that Bartimaeus has an opportunity to say, I need you to heal me. I trust in you, Jesus. And so notice this morning what's required for you to experience Jesus' freedom. You've got to express your faith in the Lord. The Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. 
The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all the things of life will be added unto you. If you want to experience freedom in your life, freedom from anxiety, freedom from addiction, if you want to experience freedom in your life, freedom from hurt or from grief, if you want to experience freedom in your life, the joy, the peace, the abundance of Jesus, you have to do like Bartimaeus and express your confidence in the Lord. Place your trust in him to help. Now, I appreciate Pastor Don and our worship team and all those who serve leading in music. Sometimes I look over at the orchestras they're playing and I think, man, they sound good. Don't they? Do you all ever feel like that? Sometimes I'll just hear a particular instrument and I'll think, they sound so good. And I look over there and I, I really do appreciate it. Another part of why I'm so impressed is because I can't do that. I'm not naturally musical. I tried to have a little bit of a career in music when I was in middle school. I thought, I want to be in the band. And there was this guy at the time named Kenny G. And I saw this special on TV where he played saxophone. And I thought, I would like to do that. That'd be cool. So I, I volunteered to play saxophone in the middle school band. So it was like really cool. I was enjoying trying to learn how to play saxophone and I was learning the notes and I thought, man, I'm going to be a saxophone player. And I remember seeing the president at the time, Bill Clinton, play the saxophone on TV and thought, wow, I'd like to do that. There's only one problem. When I played the saxophone, it sounded like a wounded dog moaning. <laughs> when it came for the first year of the concert, the, the, the teacher told me, hey, Patrick, we're having this concert and all the kids will be playing at the end of the year. All the parents will be here and the administration from the school will be here. There's a couple of you in the band. I'm going to ask you to do something very important for the concert. I'm going to ask you to fake like you're playing. <laughs> Don't really play. In fact, she took the little reed, the mouthpiece that you blow air through, she took it away from me <laughs> so that I couldn't play. She told me after that, I think she probably knew my feelings were hurt, if you want help, let me know. I can help you learn. You need to let me know before next year. We can get some help and some like training and some special classes where you can get better. But do you know what I did? Instead of asking for help, I quit. Now, don't you all wish I would have kept with it so I could play you a saxophone solo this morning? <laughs> hey, help was available, but I didn't ask my teacher for help. I just quit. I'll never forget seeing her weeks later and saying, you quit, why? Why didn't you stay in band? I could have asked for help. And here, this important spiritual truth, see the example for Bartimaeus. Why did he get freedom? Why did he get help? Why did he get release? Why was he able to see again? Why was he able to go back to a normal life? Why was he able to follow Jesus and have the peace and the abundance of Jesus in his life? Because he asked for help. He placed his confidence, his faith, and his trust in Jesus 
Who are you trusting this morning? What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in yourself to handle your problems? Are you trusting in your abilities to make your life better? Are you trusting in what you're hearing through your friends and through the news and from pop culture? Are you trusting in your stuff or your toys or your possessions or your home or your cars? What are you trusting in this morning? Know this, some of those things aren't bad, but know this, that ultimately real emotional and spiritual victory comes when we trust in Jesus Christ. When we have a salvation through him and a regular day-in, day-out relationship with him. You've got to be confident in, what, confident in what Jesus can do for you. Lastly, this morning, I want you to see this truth. How, how do we experience the freedom of Jesus? Lastly, we've got to keep following Jesus no matter what. Keep following Jesus no matter what. Look at verse number 52, at what Mark says. He says, Jesus said to him, so, so Jesus hears his request for help, and Jesus says, go, your faith has saved you. The word translated saved there is a word in the Bible used over and over again for spiritual salvation. It's kind of weird that Mark uses that Greek word here. He does so, though, to make a very important point. Bartimaeus, indeed, was healed physically, but he received, this is why the title of my sermon is what it is, he received the most important type of freedom a person can receive the most important type of freedom our country needs right now is not physical or material, it's spiritual. We've lost our soul. And in your own life, the most important type of freedom in your life is not the freedom of a certain type of house or car or job or clothes or trip or hobby. The most important type of freedom is spiritual that's why Mark uses this word that even for Bartimaeus, it may seem strange to say it, the salvation of his soul was more important than the healing of his eyes. And look at what Bartimaeus did. It says immediately, one of Mark's favorite words, right away he could see and he began to follow Jesus on the road. This word and follow is an important word. It's used back in Mark 1.17 of when Jesus first called his disciples into himself and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It's a great word. It really captures the essence of the Christian life. The Christian life is about following Jesus. Foot by, footstep by footstep, right behind him, watching him, mimicking him, following him. And notice that Bartimaeus followed Jesus on the road. He joined the group of travelers going to Jerusalem. And for the first time in years, his fresh new eyes got to celebrate the, the Passover with God's people. The church history tells us that Bartimaeus became a faithful follower of Jesus. Many believe that's why Mark includes his name here. He doesn't include the names of anyone else healed in his gospel, but he includes the name of Bartimaeus. Why? As Christians in churches read this gospel, they knew Bart. This is Bartimaeus. He's one of us. He's a Christian. He's a follower of Jesus. And notice what the Bible teaches us here. Oh, the Word of God is wonderful. There's a clue here. The Bible reminds us that to really experience the freedom the forgiveness, the joy, and the life of Jesus, you've got to follow him. See, there's some folks, they get saved and they're baptized. They believe in Jesus for salvation. They join a church and they're indeed a Christian. 
but they don't really have the full experience of the Christian life. Why? They never learned to do what Bartimaeus did. They never learned to truly, day in, day out, week by week, month by month, year by year, follow Jesus. They're a Christian in name, but they're not a real good follower. Hear me this morning. If you want to experience joy in your soul, if you want to have the purpose and direction that Jesus brings, if you want to have a sense of freedom in life, spiritually and emotionally, you've got to follow, footstep by footstep. You've got to be a person who regularly listens to God through his word and allow him to speak to you and give you instructions for life. You've got to be a person who prays and talks to your heavenly father and you've got to ask him for directions. You've got to be an individual who's willing to change when the Lord says, change your direction or change what you're doing. You've got to be a person who regularly gathers with the church so that you'll get encouragement, so that you'll be fired up by God's people to keep following Jesus. Hear me this morning, emotional and spiritual freedom comes through following. Following Jesus on the road. So we've lived in our house for a few months and uh, recently we did some clearing in the backyard to make our yard a little bit bigger. There's a lot of trees, there's woods behind our house. And those woods separate us from Pettit Creek. If you walk through the woods, you can get down to the creek. Recently, shortly after moving into the house, I went out in the woods, I had my sling blade, a sawzall, even took my weed eater and Went through the woods and so grown up, so thick vines and trees and branches and stuff growing up. I went back there and I cleared just a little narrow, skinny way to get back to the creek. It's not great, but it's at least a path, a pathway. And so we've gone back there a few times as a family. And when we go back there, I'll take the lead and I'll tell everybody, stay behind me. Follow daddy. I'll take you to the creek. Watch the path that I have carved. Stay right behind me. So we're walking, and every once in a while, I'll hear somebody say, Ow! What was that? They got off the path a little bit, and maybe a vine with some thorns scratched them. Or maybe I hear, Wait up! What's going on? Oh, they got off the path. They quit following me. And now they're maybe a little bit lost or behind. So my role as father is to remind everybody, stay on the path, watch me, follow me, watch out for the thorns, watch out for the branches, watch out for poison ivy. If you see a snake, run. That's what's involved in following, right? You follow your leader. You listen to his instructions. You avoid all of the distractions. Sometimes we make this thing called following Jesus so complicated. There's people getting PhDs in seminaries and trying to explain it. But listen, it's all about this, knowing who God is, Jesus, listening to what he says in his word, following his voice and avoiding all the other voices and all of the other distractions in this world. He can really boil it down to getting your priorities right, lining them up with God in his word, following him through his word and prayer, 
being a part of the body of Christ, his people, so that you receive the encouragement you need. And we do all that not to impress God or earn his favor or try to gain salvation. We do all that not out of a burden like God's requiring us to do all this stuff. No, we do it because there's freedom and following. When we are step in step with Jesus, we'll experience the life we've been created for. And when we live that type of life, we'll find true purpose and joy in life. And we'll give God the worship he deserves. And we'll be great witnesses for him in this dark world. So church, let's celebrate the most important type of freedom. For more information, visit us online at tabernaclebaptist.org. Thanks for listening.